Live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Wilson looking for a miracle. Going to gather on leashes towards the end zone. It oh, is deflected in the air, and it's caught. Brandon Johnson, and Denver's prayer is answered. There is no way. Tip three times. Improbable. You've got to be disciplined here if you're Washington. Wilson to the end zone, batted down, and incomplete. Intended for Sutton. This is so well played by St. Juice. He sees Sutton coming from the other side of the field. He stays home in his zone. He's there to see the football and makes a huge play. And the Washington Commanders hold on here in Denver. And back here in the DMV, there are a lot of Washington Commander fans breathing, exhaling. A huge sigh of relief. If you watch nothing else on NFL Sunday number two, you should have watched the end of the Commanders and the Broncos on CBS. And you heard the call just a moment ago of the wild finish of the Hail Mary, the prayer that was answered, and then the pass breakup by Benjamin St. Just of the potential game-tying two-point conversion that would have improbably sent that game into overtime. First of all, if you're any kind of good team and you get a 50-yard Hail Mary to bring you within two, you are going to find a way to convert that two-point conversion, send the game into overtime, and win it. That other team will be so shell-shocked, they won't know what hit them. But the Denver Broncos are not a good football team. I am here to tell you that right now. I am Bob Black, by the way. I am here hosting remotely for the Sports Huddle on a sun-splashed right now, Monday afternoon in the capital city. Thank you for joining us. AJ's back today. He's in the producer's booth, 804-327-0888. Gets you on the air. It's also our text line, 327-0888. All right, look, I know that game started 21-3 to for Denver, but I truly believe that was fool's gold. You could tell by halftime who the better team was. Even with Washington still down at the half, 21-14, I didn't think there was any doubt that Washington was going to win that game. They used a 32-3 scoring run to overtake the Broncos and had that game won, had it not been for the lucky play, at the end of the game great it was a highlight great it gave us something to play to open our show today but it was about as lucky a horseshoe and four-leaf clover as you could possibly get if you watch that entire game even with that 21 to 3 start guess what i'm starting to jump on the commander's bandwagon aj stop me quick make the bandwagon go faster so i don't jump on it here i'm gonna get burned Uh, Robinson looked great. (laughs) Yes, he did. So did Sam Howe. I hate to say that to all you Jacoby Brissett fans out there. Yeah, all all of you. All one of you. I'm talking to him. I'm talking to him. 
Uh, yeah, Brian Robinson was great. 18 carries, 87 yards, and the two touchdowns. Look, Sam Howe wasn't perfect. Don't get me wrong. But he was 27 of 39, 300 yards, 299 technically. Two touchdowns. He was not intercepted. He was sacked four times. Some of that's on the O-line. Some of that's probably on him. He had a couple passes deflected. But I thought for the most part he was the better quarterback on the field yesterday. I'm down on Russell Wilson. I know I'm late to the party on that also, by the way. I know a lot of people already are down on the Richmond native Russell Wilson. Hey, Bob, that's my boy. But the real fool's gold is if you didn't watch the game and you look at that stat line. On Sam Hallow, on Russell Wilson? Oh, no, no, on Russell Wilson. Well, I mean, it's okay. I I get it. He had 308 yards passing. But 18 of 32, meh. For an NFL quarterback, meh. 308 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Here's the deal, and I'll let you comment on this as well. Seven quarterback sacks. Now, I get it. He's a running, scrambling guy. But you can't be sacked seven times, nor could you point the finger at his offensive line for all seven of those. Yes? That, no? no, that was my point. Like if people that are looking at the stat line thinks he has a great he had a great game. And to me, he made a lot of bad decisions. Oh, a ton of bad decisions. Absolutely did. You're spot on on that. That's what I said. Sam Howell was the better quarterback on the field yesterday. And here's what else I'm gonna say. As that game went longer, it became more clear to me not only who the better team was, but they were the faster, stronger, bigger, and better team yesterday. I just thought they pushed the Broncos all over the field when they wanted to, and not just with their big guys, with their skilled guys as well. And whether it was defensive backs or offensive backs or wide receivers, I just thought the commanders – look like an NFL football team, and the Denver Broncos did not. I just, uh, wow. And again, it was 21-3, to and everybody's thinking, okay, Denver's going to blow this game. By the time Washington got it to 21-14 at halftime, I didn't think there was any doubt. I thought they'd win by more than that at that point. I mean, I think Denver got lucky at the end there. They made a couple of, you know, kind of lucky plays. Commander's defense was not great yesterday, although I think certainly the return of Chase Young helped the cause for them. But the Commanders were clearly the better team and won that game 35-33. And look, they, they should be putting their chest out a little bit here and bragging a little bit. First time in a dozen years. Since 2011, they have started a season 2-0. and And that's all we talked about at the end of last week was they needed this one because of what's ahead of them. They get Buffalo at home this Sunday, and then they go to Philadelphia. So they needed these first two games against lesser opposition. And I know they won them both close, and they won them by winning at the end or hanging on at the end or both. But I think you got to feel pretty good about where the commanders are right now to have won that home opener. And we said, I said at the time, they just had to win that game. It did not matter how they won that game for Josh Harris's sake and Magic Johnson's sake and a sellout crowd's sake and a new era of Washington football. They had to win that game. And then they could start taking care of the rest, take care of the rest of their business after that one. And you know what? That's what they did yesterday and found a way to win and now they've put themselves in a position, I am sure, to have another sellout this Sunday, and it will be mostly Washington Commander fans against the Buffalo Bills, who rebounded from their head-scratching loss in week one to the Aaron Rodgers-less 
Jets, and they came back with a blowout win yesterday. I think we saw more of the real Buffalo team yesterday than we did in week one, which sets up a fascinating week three at FedEx between the Commanders and the Buffalo Bills. So if you're a Washington Commanders fan, I think you should be excited now about where your team is. They have certainly done at minimum what they needed to do through the first two weeks of the season, especially when you consider what the rest of the NFC East has done. I mean, you've got three teams that have started out 2-0 and now in the NFC East and a fourth team that we haven't been able to figure out yet in the New York Giants who got shellacked in week one by the Cowboys and were on the verge of being shellacked in week two uh, by Arizona until the Giants made a comeback and won that game to at least get to one and one. But you look at those NFC East standings right now, and that's pretty darn good with Dallas, Philly, and Washington all at 2-0 and to start the season. I think that's great. I think it's a great start to the NFL season now, particularly if you're a fan of, of any of those teams, particularly Cowboys, Eagles, and Commanders. So there you go. There's the start to the sports huddle today. I'm very excited about this, and I have more NFL I want to get to here in just a little bit. But, of course, we've also got all of the college uh, games from the weekend to talk about, and baseball's coming down to the last two weeks. So we are going to be rolling on the sports huddle today and this week and into the next couple of weeks as well. But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's tell you what we got going on this here Monday edition of the sports huddle. Here's what's coming up on today's sports huddle. Just a huge fan of sports. This is the River City Rundown. River City Rundown brought to you by the Richmond chapter of the American Red Cross. Your help is needed for the Red Cross to continue to be on call for local and national emergencies. To learn how you can volunteer or donate blood, visit redcross.org. David Teal is coming up in the 5 o'clock hour today. We'll talk some college football with David. Virginia, Virginia Tech, I don't want to be a downer after being so upbeat about the Commanders and their win yesterday, but it could be a long year for the Cavaliers and the Hokies. Look, Virginia Tech showed a little bit of spunk in that game against Rutgers and then faded, and Virginia showed a little bit of spunk, taking a 14-0 lead at Maryland and then really faded Uh, it's going to be a long year for both of those teams. It does appear to me. I'm trying not to overreact to the first couple of weeks of the season, but we're a little bit further along than that. We've got ACC play starting, and we're just not seeing the results on the scoreboard by either one of those teams. We are, though, by the James Madison Dukes. And I do think you can, yes, with with (laughs) – I wish we had practiced that because that's exactly where I was going. What would you say again, AJ? The flagship. You're welcome, Matt. The flagship program in the Commonwealth of Virginia. No doubt is the James Madison Dukes at this point. To do what they did in the past two weeks, right, to go on the road to win at Virginia – deal with the weather delay, come back in the fourth quarter on the road, although it probably looked and sounded like a home game for them. That was impressive enough. But then to play their Sunbelt opener against the Sunbelt champs at Troy and knock him off in a close game right to the end, really impressive win for JMU Saturday night uh, at Troy. So they are clearly the best team in the Commonwealth. Make no mistake about that. Hold on. I learned something this Saturday. What'd you learn? 
I learned that if I leave the city, <laughs> Richmond plays lights out. Yeah, that's what Coach Russ Huseman told us on the postgame show. He that's said, we got secret. that A.J. guy out of town. We felt a lot better about ourselves. I'm yeah, kidding. Wickersham looked great. Yeah, he did. So, remember last week, my bold prediction, the Spiders needed a dominant performance, and if they got a dominant performance, I truly believe they will win the next three games. And in a month's time from now, we'll be talking about a 4-2, and 3-0 and CAA football team. So here we go. I think no matter how you slice it and dice it, it was a dominant performance. Was it perfect? No. It had some rough patches, but 38-6 to is 38-6, to in which your quarterback looks like a solid quarterback, as A.J. just mentioned, in, in Kyle Wickersham, spreads the ball around to like eight different receivers. Uh, both running backs look strong. The defense got a pick six by a linebacker who rumbled 81 yards for a touchdown. It held Delaware State a bad football team, no doubt a bad football team, but held them without a touchdown and rolled to the victory. So, okay, dominant performance. Now back me up, fellas. Here we go to CAA play, heading to Stony Brook Saturday, a place the Spiders have not played well, have lost three in a row. For the most part, they have not been close. They need to exorcise those demons and start CAA play Saturday with a victory over a Stony Brook team that's going to be deceiving to everybody all week because they are 0-3 and already 0-2 in the CAA. But they've played two of the teams predicted to finish in the top of the standings, Delaware and Rhode Island, and then they played an FBS game this past Saturday at Arkansas State. In case you hadn't looked at your United States map in a while, it's a long way from Long Island, New York, to Arkansas. And Stony Brook is coming off a 31-7 loss there. But that's a tough start. The schedule maker did not do them any favors by starting them out with Delaware and Rhode Island out of the CAA and an FBS game at Arkansas State. But there you go. Yes, the Spiders did look much better. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to cross paths with our guy Robert today, but he's he's, he's – um, well, it's kind of bittersweet, right? Hit or miss for him this weekend. Miami gets a good win last night at New England. He's a Dolphins fan. But Old Dominion, A.J., they had Wake Forest beat on Saturday, and they let it slip away. Yeah, we 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 didn't pass each other, but we were texting a lot, and I didn't even bring it up with them uh, on purpose. They, wow, they, they had that game won, and they let the Deacons back in that game, and they won it down the stretch 27-24 still. Um, you know, hopes for Old Dominion because they were very competitive against a pretty solid ACC team in Wake Forest. So kind of a mixed bag for our college teams this weekend, and we'll get into more of that as we move along. Uh, all right, David Teal's our only guest uh, this uh, show on Monday. Matt Josephs, normally we do our mashup Monday uh, with Matt. Matt's off today, so we didn't do that. And he will be back tomorrow. And we'll see if maybe we'll do it tomorrow. We'll see how he's feeling and what kind of mood he's in. If he wants to hang around the 4 o'clock hour tomorrow, we can certainly do that. I'd be all in on doing that. So I'll tell you what. Um, coming up, maybe we'll do this at the bottom of the hour. I got a little NFL game that I'm stealing from Yahoo Sports that I want to play with you, AJ out of the first two weeks of the season. We have not rehearsed this. We have not talked about this in any pre-show production meeting. There's nothing much really to it, 
But I just think it'll be kind of fun as we analyze the NFL landscape through the first two weeks of the season. And I'm going to leave it right there. You're ready, aren't you? All right. We'll do it at the bottom of the hour, uh, and I'll tell you a little bit more about it. I don't really want to give you any time to prepare. Just have the teams in front of you. Have the standings in front of you. Have whatever you need in front of you, and it's really opinionated, and I just want to get your opinion on something. Hey, Bob, tell me nothing. I am so loaded up on the (laughs) NFL and all Virginia teams, it's not funny. I'm ready. Really? You were up in D.C. this weekend, weren't you? Yep, I had to. I was really, really super busy, but with uh, filming, you have downtime, and so I was watching some games, and I was watching some highlights and boning up on things. Excellent. Excellent. We'll do it. And certainly our audience can chip in and chime in as part of this as well. Again, I'm building this up to be way more than it is. It really isn't all that much, but it's just a way for us to kind of go around the NFL and see what's happening with all the teams in and outside of the NFC East. And we talk so much, obviously, about Washington and Dallas and Philly and the Giants that will spread the wealth around a little bit. All right, break time on the Sports Huddle, 804-327-0888. That's our on-air line. It's also our text line. Hope you'll interact with the show. Either way, thanks for joining us on a Monday afternoon on 1061 ESPN. Second straight playoff appearance out of the CAA. Follow them on their quest every step of the way. Here on your home for the Richmond Spiders, 1061 ESPN. Uh, Three o'clock air time for the Spiders and Stony Brook on Saturday afternoon. I'll be there to bring you the play-by-play. Our good friend Jasmine Coleman is back again with us this week. Chris Anderson was in the TV booth, his first appearance this year for the victory over Delaware State, but will not be traveling with us this weekend. So it'll be Jasmine back with us one more time and Matt Smith on the sideline. And we'll be on the air at 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. And game time is 3.30. All right, I will get to that as we move along during the course of the week. Uh, We're still very early in the week, obviously, with this just being Monday. A couple of the notes off of the Commanders game yesterday and the Broncos. Like, you can't lose that game. Like, I'm going to bash the Broncos more than anything. Uh, They've lost back-to-back home games now for the first time. The 18-point lead that they blew tied for the fourth largest at home in franchise history. This is not the way Sean Payton envisioned this team starting out, particularly after the shots he took at Nathaniel Hackett, who, look, we all know was overmatched as a head coach, but you didn't need to, you know, throw verbal darts at him, to say the least. And for the commanders, 21-point deficit is the second biggest in franchise history and the biggest on the road. Uh, November 4th, 1990, they overcame a 21-point deficit to beat the Detroit Lions. And one more for Denver. Again, another reason you should never lose this game. They scored touchdowns on each of their first three drives. It's the first time they've done that in more than a decade. You got to go back to 2010 for the last time the Broncos did that. And yes, you don't even need to ask, but they did win that game, 49-29 over Kansas City. And they looked like they knew what they were doing in the first quarter. They got, you know, all of their young kind of standout guys the ball, right? Um, Jaleel McLaughlin, Marvin Mims, those guys. 
uh, got the ball, and then they hardly ever saw it again. After like, I don't, I don't know what they were doing. I really don't. When you come back from that kind of deficit, you got to be good. I get that. You have to have show some resilience and some grittiness, some gutsiness. But the other team's got to help you some. And the Broncos definitely did that yesterday for uh, the Commanders. Uh, it was also the 100th career win for Ron Rivera um, as a head coach. So that that was kind of cool. And I'm sure he'll remember that one pretty fondly. I never realized, and maybe I did, how stoic he actually is on the sideline. I mean, when he said in the offseason he was going to let his coordinators coach, Jack Del Rio on the defensive side and Eric Bieniemy on the offensive side, he really meant it. I mean, he keeps his hands crossed, his arms crossed over his chest and has that headset on, but you hardly ever see his lips moving. Now, a little bit at the end of the game, he got into it even a little bit more. But even when those last plays occurred, he was about as stoic as could be, both um, on the Hail Mary that was completed and then when the commander stopped the two-point conversion, he just kind of took the headset off and walked across the field. Now, Josh Davis, uh, Josh Harris, that was a different story. He was he was jumping all over the field there at Denver after that game ended, and well, well, they should. That's a heck of a start for him right now. Uh, jo- again. Josh doesn't have the same problem we do with the canned beers in in the stadium. I think. What what what, what is that? The canned beers in the stadium. I don't think Josh has the problem we have. You you, you think he had a few of those? Uh, just going on a tr- just going on a track record. <laughs> That's okay. That's what NFL Sundays are for. He's got nothing to do on Sunday but cheer on his team, right? Hey, no shade. No shade. Now, now if, if he had a few too many and somebody turned a camera on or stuck a microphone in his face, you know, that could be a problem. It's a new era in Washington. It that's is. all I know. And we're seeing the owner way more than we saw the old owner, that's for sure. I'll tell you that. So, I was happy they won the game. Look, they survived. I mean, they dodged. Quite a bullet, and maybe even another bullet, because at least uh, the the CBS uh, old referee Gene Steratore, who was the rules analyst, he actually thought it could have been a flag on St. Jude's for for pass interference. And you know what? So what if it was? I have such little confidence in Russell Wilson at this point. They would have moved the ball to whatever that would have been the one yard line, I guess, and they still wouldn't have gotten in the end zone. They wouldn't have. They weren't. They're just ugh. They're bad. They're really bad. The Broncos. And Russ Russ did get uh, forty thousand yards and uh, ten thousand rushing yards. Oh yeah, I saw the first quarterback ever to do that. Yeah, that's that's great for his stat sheet and for his agent, you know, to to pump him up a little. But it's not helping him win games. That honeymoon. Well, I think that honeymoon's already over, but it's really over at this point. Uh, I just, uh, yeah, he he had some head scratching plays, a couple of quarterback sacks that he never should have taken. Uh, yeah. It's but sad. It is. Um, I haven't heard any more today on Logan Thomas, uh, who took that vicious, um, terrible hit at the end of the game when uh, Kareem Jackson kind of launched and kind of he did launch and hit him helmet for helmet. I don't know how Logan Thomas, the former Virginia Tech standout at quarterback, actually held on to that ball. Um, crazy catch. Uh, but that that was all that that was bad. I haven't heard any more today, other than that Thomas does have a concussion. Uh, I would say it would be highly. I'm, you know, nothing it, official here, but highly unlikely he'd play this week. Yeah, I don't see anything, but it looks like Jackson will not be suspended. Whew. That's two weeks in a row he's done that. Well, what more does it take? I don't get it. Anyway, uh, all right. So here's what we're gonna do. 
I know I've been keeping everybody on the edge of their seat and just absolutely waiting for, for what's this game they're going to play. Um, here's what I want to do, AJ. I'll give you the break to think about it. Uh, I didn't even count up how many there are. Maybe I did, actually, at some point. I think there are at least a half a dozen, maybe eight. I'm looking real quick. Teams that have gotten off the 2-0 and o starts. Eight. Eight, right? One, two, and there's you know there's a couple games yeah, tonight, eight. so there are some one and zero teams. I'm not gonna, let's not count them in this thing. Let, if you played two games, so here's what here's what I, I'm stealing this. I admit it, I'm stealing it from Yahoo Sports. They send me this email blast every morning, so I'm using it. So credit to them, but they kind of did a fun lucky but good or lucky or good debate back and forth so we're gonna take a break on the other side i'm gonna come back give you a little nugget about each team that yahoo sports wrote about that are two and oh and you and i will discuss lucky team or good team and you know which one of those is involved well there are three teams significantly to us all of our teams actually four teams you're right there are four teams that will be involved in this conversation for all of us so think about it out there, and if you'd like to jump in on it, by all means, have some fun with us. 804-327-0888 on the air or text. Lucky or good, the eight 2-0 teams to start the NFL season. Next on the Sports Huddle. Toward the 2023 postseason, there is one goal in mind, a World Series title, an aspiration they share with a few others. You can hear all the action here on your exclusive home for the Atlanta Braves in the capital city, 1061 ESPN Richmond. Variety of stories every day and then kind of an opinion column. This is like the old school newspaper, you know, columnist opinion column. Uh, They supplement the news stories with an opinion column from one of their guys. And Jay Busby is one of them. And I think he writes great and does terrific work for them. Don't know him at all. We probably need to, like, reach out to these guys and have them on. I think that would be really fun at some point. So Jay Busby today did a two weeks into the NFL season, two-thirds of the teams in the league already have one loss. So it's only a handful of teams that are 2-0. and Could add a couple more after the two Monday night games tonight. So he took a look at all of the 2-0 and teams, and there's only eight of them, and played a little game that we call lucky or good. So let's do it, AJ. Here we go. I'm going to go in alphabetical order because that's kind of the way they went. The Atl- I never thought I'd be saying this two weeks into the season, actually, but the Atlanta Falcons are 2-0. and They've beaten Carolina 24-10. Green Bay 25-24. The nugget on the Falcons from Yahoo. The Falcons are winning with a combination of guts and grit, both on the sideline and on the field. They'll be fun to watch all season long. Dot, dot, dot. Lucky or good? What say you, Ace? So I don't want to give cheap answers. The interesting thing about the games this week and really kind of last week too is the running game and the defensive game I'm seeing in the league right now is very impressive. I don't want to believe in the Falcons. I don't want to lay my money on the Falcons. But something tells me this running game and what they're doing is semi-legit. The problem is that quarterback stinks. I'm... I, I think they genuinely won both games, and they'll genuinely win more despite that quarterback. I'm going to go good? Okay, you're going to be in the minority on that no. one. Yahoo went lucky, and I think I'm going lucky on him also. I, I want to uh, just be in the halfway point with this, but I, that's not a fair answer. Yeah, I know, but I just 
I think history might be influencing me a little bit with them. Recent history might be influencing me a little bit with them. Also. You don't think they're winning despite? <sighs> Not yet. I'm yeah. going lucky. I'm Copy. going lucky. Copy that. Them. That's fair. Okay. Number two, alphabetically, your team, the Baltimore Ravens, the Yahoo synopsis. Ravens are feeling fine, particularly after a divisional win Sunday, but questions remain about just how good Cincinnati really is. Still, play the games on your schedule. Dot, dot, dot. Baltimore has beaten the Texans 25-9, to and Cincinnati yesterday 27-24. Lucky or good? We're banged up. Uh, we definitely are one hit away from losing every game for the rest of the season, if you know what I mean. I will say, yep, but I will say this. What I saw yesterday was the Lamar I've been wanting to see the entire tenure. He seems like he's being smart. He's making plays. Don't look at the stat lines. That was arguably one of the best games I've ever seen him play. Not one of the most interesting, but one of the smartest quarterback plays I've seen. I'm going good. Yeah, I'm going legit. Road game, win on the road. I know Cincinnati's having problems. Joe Burrow is not 100%. He might not play next week. But they gutted it out at the end and won that game, and they dominated the way they should have in week one. I'm going legit on the Baltimore Ravens. All right, number three, alphabetically, the Dallas Cowboys. Aaron Rodgers doesn't play defense, says Yahoo. The Cowboys have now hung 70 points on the league's two Jersey-based teams in successive weeks. Is it all coming together? Dot, dot, dot. Dallas has beaten the Giants 40 to nothing, and the Jets 30 to 10. And I'll also throw this at you. If you want to peek ahead, they got the Cardinals and Patriots in the next two weeks. Lucky or good? So you know I said Dallas was going to have an off year. (laughs) I did not know the mouth of the South, Micah Parsons, was going to be a world beater. Yeah, he is. And I'll be honest with you, that team will be stable, and Micah, I think, is going to have a a world beater year. Him disrupting everything, they are good. I agree. They are good. With him leading the way and what they're putting on the board offensively, you know, it doesn't matter who it's against. You get 70 in the first two weeks in the NFL. Um, the rest, you better open your eyes to them. You, defense you real, is back, baby. And the def- There you go. You're a defense guy. I know that. And their defense is back. So legit. And Yahoo said the same thing. Legit. All right. Here we go to the boss's team. We go to Robert's team here to the Miami Dolphins. And I watched most of their game last night. I really did like what I saw. A comeback win against the Chargers last week, followed by a victory in Foxborough on Sunday night. After a generation of futility, the Dolphins might actually have something going here. Lucky or good for Robert Ole's Miami Dolphins after a 36-34 win at the Chargers and the victory at New England last night, 24-17. A.J., They've already got two road wins under their belt. Lucky or good? So, like my Ravens, they are one hit away from losing pretty much every game in the season. That being said, this is the best team in the AFC right now. And if they keep up everything that I'm seeing, not only are they good, they are Super Bowl about. I think you could say that about most teams are being one hit away from losing their quarterback, whether it's Tua, whether it's Lamar, whether it's Hurts. I think you could say that about 
most teams in the NFL. So I'm not I'm not going to go there. I love their wide receivers, and I love what they did on defense last night. And I'm going to break my own rule here, but I have Miami as my defense on my fantasy team. So I, I texted Robert last night, and I was like, I'm really glad I took the Dolphins as my defensive team because they were, they were solid. So they, legit. They I look go legit. great. And yeah, ar- they did. I'll tell you what, arguably looks like the best team in the NFL right now. Could be. I mean, two road wins to start the year, I mean, that really puts them in the driver's seat. Their schedule, obviously, is going to be overbalanced with home games now for a while to to catch up for the two that they've got on the road already. So they're in in great shape. So definitely legit there. All right, so we've done your team, Robert's team. I guess that leaves my team. Uh, So Philadelphia is next. And here's what my guy Jay at Yahoo says about you'll love this, AJ. He said, I'd love to call them lucky just to get under Eagles fans' skins, but I don't want my car set on fire. <laughs> Sounds about right. That's a smart man. <laughs> yes, he did. Or snowballs thrown at me. If I put a Santa Claus costume on in December, I knew that was coming eventually. I just figured I'd uh, cut to the chase there. Eagles win at New England 25-20 and then at home against the Vikings on on uh, Thursday night 34-28. Lucky or good? So I think a lot of people are going to say lucky. I think this team is good. I think they're sort of coasting in. I think the Patriots defense is tough. I think... Minnesota's just this weird team that'll throw up 364 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, Bob, this is a good team. Don't worry. I'm not worried, actually. And I feel really good right now because I think they just got off to a, a slow start, a sluggish start, and yet they won both the games against a team on the road, always hard to win on the road, and a Vikings team that, that who knows, they might be bad this year. But normally they're pretty good, competitive been in the postseason, win a lot of games, Kirk Cousins, all of that. So I do hope they play better, but I do think they are legit. Um, so I'm calling them good as well. And what I'm really bolstered by is they got like 10 days off here because they played Thursday, and they don't play until Monday night next week at Tampa Bay. So they got a lot of time to kind of rest up a little bit. They had some starters out and also to get up to full game speed and really get it going. So I'm I'm on that one as well with good on the Eagles. Not I, I really don't have that much concern right now. They're at Tampa on Monday night, and then the Commanders. Uh, that's the one I'll get worried for. I'll get worried for the Commanders when they come uh, to the link in, in two weeks. They, they played two teams in a bad situation, like, what, four or five days? You know, two teams. Right. Two, yeah, Agreed. This is a good team. Absolutely. Agreed. That, that was tough to play Sunday and then turn around and play Thursday again. All right. San Francisco. The San Francisco 49ers. Uh, the Rams, seven-and-a-half-point underdogs, nailed an all-time backdoor cover with a last-second field goal. <laughs> <laughs> Bad beat. They cut the Niners' margin of victory to seven. Nice story, but the most important words there are, Niners' margin of victory. Lucky or good, the San Francisco 49ers are off to a 2-0 and start. Brock Purdy looks more like a first-round draft pick then Mr. Irrelevant uh, crushed the Steelers 30-7, to and then a closer, uh, not as close as it looked, 30-23 to win over the Rams. Again, for them, both on the road as well. Lucky or good? So real quick, I think the Rams look better than we thought they would be, and despite uh, Vegas mob bosses calling in and messing with the game, I'm going to go good with the 49ers, and I think this is the team to beat in the NFC. Yeah, I do. I'm looking forward to when they come back to Philadelphia here in several weeks. I do think they are good as well. All right, let's move on here so I don't fall too far uh, behind because we have two more teams, and I'm I'm almost uh, feeling a sequel 
to this lucky or good on the two and O teams coming here maybe after the break. Uh, and by the way, we do have something to give away. We got one of those uh, Yeti uh, uh, thermos coolers from our friends up there at Green Top. We're going to give that away at the end of this segment. You don't even have to participate in this segment. You may be playing along at home. I don't know. Anyway, all right, let's get. We got two more to go. Uh, Tampa Bay is two and O. Some ser- here's Yahoo's take on Tampa Bay. Some serious questions now about how good Minnesota, their week one opponent, really is. No questions at all about how bad the Chicago Bears are, their Sunday opponent. So there you go. On their schedule, they beat the Vikings in week one, 20-17, and then a 10-point win over the Bears, 27-17. Tampa Bay, lucky or good? So even though they played two college teams back-to-back and Baker Mayfield is lucky to even have a job, I'm going to go with, of course they're lucky. This is ridiculous. This, If, if Mike Evans goes down, I know they're done. I can't. No, this this is, a, this is ridiculous. This shouldn't even be on the list. This team is whack. Well, they're 2-0. They're on the list. They're part of the game. All right. I can put together a team to beat this Chicago team, I think. Yeah. All right. I agree. I think Tampa Bay, not only do I think Tampa Bay is lucky, I think they're 2-3. and three. After the next three games, they've got the Eagles at the Saints and the Lions in the next three weeks. Nobody so. knows Baker more than me. I love when everyone's like, oh, my God, Baker's good. I watched almost every game this fool's played. He'll have <laughs> lights out and then it's nothing. A dud. Yeah. They might even lose their next five games, to be honest with you. Ooh. They go Eagles uh, home with the Eagles Monday night next week at the Saints, home with the Lions, home with the Falcons. You know, another 2-0 yeah, team, although yeah. I got them as lucky, the Falcons, and then at the Bills. So they could lose the next five. I'm not saying they're going to, but they could. The Falcons All will right. be the Bucks. Drum roll, please. The last one, the Washington Commanders. The mere fact that they are involved in this game and that they are 2-0 and is a stop-the-presses kind of story because, as we said, they haven't been 2-0 and in a dozen years since 2011. Yahoo's take on the plus side. They came back from 18 points down to beat Denver. On the minus side, they were a blown pass interference call from going into overtime on the two-point PAT. Also on the minus side, they almost lost to Arizona last week. We're going to need a lot more data before we can determine Washington. But there's your data. It's two weeks. It's 2-0. and They have beaten Arizona and they have uh, uh, by a 20 to 16 score, and then the Broncos 35 33. So, what do you think, AJ? Lucky or good for our Washington Commanders? The only reason they're 2 0 is because magic has brought magic, and they're lucky <laughs> enough to get past. I, I, I love this scrappy Commanders team. I think they're going to do the eight or nine wins like we talked about, but this is a lucky team. I'm going good. I'm going good. I told you I was jumping on the bandwagon after what I saw yesterday. I'm also going good because they play my Eagles in a week, and that's kind of the start of the reverse psychology thing with the with the opponent. Those are two games I hate more than any during the year are the Eagle Washington games because then I got to talk about it and all of that. But anyway, the the second half, really the the last three quarters, so impressed me yesterday. By Washington, and look, they found a way to win that first game, and that's what to me that was my goal for them was win it. I don't care how you win it, and they did, and they won on the road at Denver, and you know, come back for the ages. Right now, I'm going good 
on the commercial. I'm soft. I'll, I'm I'll soft. Be, I'll be honest with you. It would not be surprising if in the next five weeks the Falcons and the Commanders have a decent a decent uh, record and are winning games. I, w- I would yeah. not be surprised. These two teams have earned their wins. But Okay. All right. Um, a couple more we could do tomorrow. Uh, Cleveland and New Orleans, they have a chance to get to 2-0 um, after playing tonight, so we'll hold off on them. And then they kind of Jay kind of ended his column with a question. How many of those teams do you think will be 3-0 and after next week? You can go back and count that up during the break if you want to. But this also kind of um, begs the reverse game, doesn't it? Should we play the same game with the 0-2 teams, unlucky or bad? Oh, for sure. Okay, we'll do that after the break. But we want you to be lucky right now because we have one of these uh, Yeti thermal coolers. Is that kind of what we call them, AJ? You know the yeah, the, they're yeah. yeah the little thermos yeah. things. Yeah. They look great, and and they work great, and they're from our good friends, our great friends at Green Top. Um, and we're going to give two away today. So let's do one right now. And uh, since two is our magic number today, right, we're giving two away. We've been talking about the teams that are 2-0. and oh. We're going to talk about the teams that are 0-2. Oh so let's just take caller two. As we go to the break, we'll get you the Yeti Cooler, 804-327-0888. We'll come back, do a real short segment on the 0-2 oh teams, unlucky or bad, next on the Sports Huddle. For 20 years, Bonaire Shell features a full line of automotive services. Check out BonaireShell.com, loaded with coupons, specials, and more to see all that they can do for your car and your peace of mind. And now with their Fuel Rewards program, you can save at least $0.05 per gallon on every fill-up. Learn more at FuelRewards.com. Go see the team at Bonaire Shell, 8762 West Huguenot Road. Go to BonaireShell.com or call them at 272-3232. That's 272-3232. Hey, this is Big Al. few days to recharge. Not to worry. Tune in Friday for Sports Fun. Usual time, 8 to 10 here on 1061 ESPN. You have a name on a winner? Five o'clock ESPN Sports Center update coming at five. Um, thank you for all the calls on the Yeti cooler. Michael is our winner of the first one, but hang around. We'll do another one in the second hour today as well. And then got a couple more to give away tomorrow and I think on Thursday as well, um, which are the three shows we have this week, by the way. I'm out on Wednesday, a little bit of a business trip. I'll tell you more about that maybe after the business trip. Make sure all goes well with that. And then out Friday because I'll be traveling with Richmond football uh, up to Long Island to, to uh, Stony Brook. All right, let's roll through this pretty quickly, AJ, because there are eight 0-2 teams as well. So instead of playing lucky or good, let's play unlucky or bad. And I emphasize the word bad. I mean, I think we got to believe they're really bad in order for them to be called bad as opposed to unlucky. And even though we're not doing 0-1, the Panthers stink. Okay, well, I'll give you that. After We can do that one tomorrow probably. Same like with the Steelers would be an interesting one. They're 0-1. But let's see what happens to them. Excuse me, tonight. All right, Patriots are 0-2. We watched them last night against the Dolphins. Unlucky or bad? I, you know, I don't like Jones, but I think unlucky. Yeah, I'm with you on that one also. I think they've been a little bit unlucky. I think they could have beaten the Eagles, obviously, last week. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going unlucky on them also. Bengals, 0-2. Very unlucky with what's going on with Burrow. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> there, I emphasize the word bad. You you emphasize the word very unlucky. Yeah, I don't think you really need to. There's not not much more of a narrative, right, that you need there than just yeah, the Joe sad. Burrow thing. Is it makes them unlucky. All right. So, and a couple of these are going to be you know easy. Houston Texans zero and two have been outscored by twenty seven points in the first two games. The Oilers who. <laughs> Earl Campbell, is he back playing? Yeah. Bump Phillips back coaching? They're bad. They're bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, so we got the Texans 0-2. Chargers 0-2. Uh, the, I'm going to go Two close with, ones. I'm going with unlucky, but, I mean, mm-hmm. this is not a great team, and that coach needs to be fired. Wow. Right off the bat, just because they're 0-2 and have lost two games by a total oh, of five points. I'm going on a body of work. Well, if you're going to say that about them, I'm going to say the same thing about the Broncos because they're 0-2, and I'm going to say bad, and maybe their coach needs to be fired because they looked horrible. Yeah. Bad, I'm f- bad on the Broncos. Russell Wilson's days are numbered in Denver, and if Sean Payton doesn't watch out, his days could be numbered too. They're going to win just some starting games, out. but they're bad. You're right. Whew. Who are they going to beat? I guess they are. I don't know. Win a few. They're bad. I think they're bad. Um, all right. Vikings at 0-2. Uh, <laughs> I was a believer of these guys, and Matt yeah. kept giving me a lot of crap. Uh, I'm going with Matt. They're bad. I'm going to go on lucky. I'm going to hold my belief on them. I, I like them for some reason. I, I, they're not a team I really root against other than when they played the Eagles. So. I, I do, too, but I've seen these games. I'm yeah, gonna... I know. But I'm going go, to go on lucky for them. The Bears, the Bears are off to an 0-2 start. They're one of the worst point differential teams already in the league. I feel so bad for Chicago. They're bad. <laughs> They're bad. I'm with you on that one. I'll go bad on them as well. And then the last one, again, an easy one, is the Arizona Cardinals. And we're going to let the music bring us home. We don't hey, need to answer that one. Wow. It's almost as if we planned this show, which we did not, because you had a very busy weekend, and I had a busy weekend for the most part. Although I did spend part of it yesterday having some fun. I should tell the story of that on the other side. Because I ran into one of our fine employees at a fun event yesterday. So it would be hard for me to hide what I was doing yesterday. Um, Nothing bad, people. Nothing bad at all. Uh, Anyway, yes, Arizona, bad. Put them in that category as well. All right, you got the the doubleheader Monday night tonight. So we'll be able to talk about those teams um, tomorrow. All right, that was some fun that I just thought we'd have today in the absence of Matt Joseph for our matchup Monday, which hopefully we'll do again next week. Uh, Sports Center update coming up here at 5, and then Hour 2 of the Sports Huddle. Get more into the college game and some baseball in the 5 o'clock hour of the Sports Huddle. Straight ahead, right here on 1061 ESPN. I've been taking Nutrafol for about a year.